0: Okay, Um, I've got quite a heavy message uh, and a sad message to bring this morning, but it's really important. So um, for the last part of our service this morning, let's really gear our minds and our hearts towards this subject. Help, I think my church is dying. Um, I would do a show of hands if if you know churches that used to be open, that, that you had personal connections to, and they're closed now. Um, they probably all of you would probably nod maybe churches you grew up in when you were young if you didn't come here closed now it's a real thing and if you're tuning in you may not you might be weighing up should I ever go to a church well some of them are closing so you'd have to be careful which one you go to it's a real thing we're closing left right and center in the west and I always say to all of us here church is the best thing in the world church is going to live forever Jesus-centered church members are spirit-filled, and they never taste death. It's where we learn to live life the way God wants us to. But, okay, oh, but then we see another church has become a flat, and they've sold their pews to the pubs. Um, so am I living in an alternate universe? Uh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> in this context, I mean. <laughs> um, Because it's not looking like we live forever and we're the inheritors of the world to come and we're going to reign with Jesus over the new heavens and the new earth. Because, well, look around in the UK and in the West. What's going on? Help! I think my church is dying. Why is it dying and what can we do? Um, In this chapter, in Exodus 1, we're presented to ask the question. We're presented with this narrative and we're forced to ask the question... Can church die? Um, where are we going? Are there powers stronger than church, which do outlast church? Should I join them instead? Will the darts club outlast churches? Well, for some, it is. But, like, how can we wrestle with all this? Okay. So let's just spend a few moments looking at help my churches die dying. I was speaking to a minister friend of mine in Swansea this week. And he actually he made quite a salient point though. And he said tons of Christians have realized in lockdown that they don't really miss church and their life hasn't changed in the slightest and they get to spend more time in the tennis club and the garden center. And that's quite depressing. But there are some people gathered here and maybe listening at home realize that if churches die, we're finished. This is where we learn to know God And follow Him. And we've gone downhill without the Word and the people and the sacraments. We need church. Um, But in the UK, numbers are declining. What can we do? Is there a future? One of the churches I grew up with, uh, having links with, um, they had a member's handbook. And I used to read it. And in 1985... The numbers started dropping and have been in free fall ever since. It struck me because that's when I was born and I always took it personally that my arrival meant the departure of most of that church. But actually, something happened in the 80s. Because uh, the Church of England, their numbers fell from 40% of the population in 1983 to 12% in 2018. And now, less than 2% regularly attend the Church of England and Wales. There's new powers coming in. Pharaoh is on the scene. Moving in, get rid of that old stuff. Um, Many Presbyterian Church of Wales churches were on the ropes before lockdown and we're hearing now, we'll never open again. Which is why in our prayer meeting, we're praying for them. That people would be spirit filled and take leadership in them. Now... There's loads of factors why churches are on the decline. But it would be remiss of me, as we're just sailing through Exodus 1, to not mention something that struck me as to what's happened since the 1950s in Wales, by and large. And I say by and large, because there are people who are faithfully doing their jobs and their churches still close, and they're not to blame. But by and large, there's a significant trend. And it's this. This church... Of worshiping the God of Genesis, and the God of Genesis, Father, Son, and Spirit walked with them, and He would demand sacrifices for sin because He took sin super serious, and He would He would call to His Father and rain down judgment on cities which were disobedient to Him because He had enough of their sin. He's not to be messed with, the God of this church. And in the UK, around the 1950s, because I'm a bit of a church historian. Not a big one, but I do know it a little bit. Pulpits, people like me, started to bottle and chicken out of preaching who God really is. And they came up with this really clever idea that if we snip parts of the Bible out... And don't talk about them, basically judgment and sin and hell and anger, all that stuff. If that goes, we'll keep people happy and we'll grow. But actually what's happened, and you can trace it so clearly, pews have started to empty. It had the reverse effect. While ministers like me thought, I better keep everybody happy to keep my job, what's happened is, most of them have lost their jobs. The irony is, there has become, as we've tried to not preach their God, um, the full God, that, that churches are closing because the world in its suffering and grit, which need a message with backbone, and to be confronted why things are so messed up, they come to church, and they haven't heard much in the last 50 years in Wales. There are exceptions. They need to hear about raw Suffering and forgiveness and grit. They need that stuff. Not a fluffy message with no backbone. Whilst we give out sandwiches and soup to our community, we also need to articulate the gospel. There's no other name given among men by which we must be saved. It's Jesus Christ. We need to do both. And in the West, we've become good at the soup stuff. And not so good at this is our God. We need to fear Him and obey Him and speak in it. I'm always slightly depressed when clergy like me are represented in TV programs and films. And they are creepy weirdos with no backbone. And no one can trust them. And you let them do the car boot sale. But the horrors of the world, you'll keep that from him because he couldn't handle it. And I just think it's such a telling message of what we've become, many people like me. Uh, We've stopped being real in the UK years ago, and it's cost us. There are other messages and reasons as well why. But as we consider a church now on the ropes, in our situation we do have to really think, what is our message that we're telling people? Do we really lift up Jesus crucified for sinners, because that saves planet earth. But here, there are rulers coming in and squeezing them out. There's a bit of that today with us, but not like it was back then. I'd imagine it's coming towards us. We pray for rulers in our prayer meeting. I'm 35 years old, and I already think, man, things were better in my day. And if I feel it, like the older people here, you must really feel it. And when I say, hell, the church is dying. You're like, I know this needs to stop. Here's verse 8. Uh, then a new king who did not know about Joseph. Joseph was like the best church member ever. And a new guy comes in, forget all that Christian stuff. New rules, new politics. This is bad help. Like, we, we have to ask that. Help! What's going on? What can we do? The world's going to pop. Uh, two good books for you to read, by the way. Tom Holland's book called Dominion, and The Book That Made Your World by Vishal Magowaldi. Fascinating accounts of how basically every facet... That the western world enjoys. And all of its comforts. Have come and been built from. Christian foundations. And how the King James Bible. Really shaped our health system. As we know it today. Our education system. um, Our economics and social systems. Our family unit. And marriage security. It's all from. This. And there's a new regime coming in. Right. Get rid of churches. Close it. Don't need that. Yeah, housewives tales and we're breaking away from it and so what's the future what have we got I think mass confusion and I think elderly people are right to think things were better in my day here we go who's on the block Look, he said to his people the Israelites have come and they're too numerous we must deal with them shrewdly or they're going to become too numerous for us and war will break out get rid of them And so this new guy, Pharaoh, he's basically what the Bible calls a fool. A church has prospered in Genesis. That was probably 1904 here, the last time church was really affecting the Welsh world. Touch of God's blessing in the 1950s. But now we're here with the new regime doing this. So they put slave masters over them to oppress them with forced labor. And they built Pithom and Ramesses as store cities for Pharaoh. Uh, Pitham means outsiders. I'm going to build a place to put them in just so everybody knows there's no place for church anymore. Um, and what happens? Well, it's curtains for Egypt. And what happens in the UK? It's curtains for the UK when Christians are told, weird, do not belong here. Don't belong. We built this world Your comforts, they come from us and hard-working church members. The church here for 400 years has caused Egypt to flourish from their hard work. Right, go away. Okay, well, you're finished. The UK's finished. The West is finished. I say good riddance to parts of the West. Why, though? Because Christians are brilliant members of society. At least they're supposed to be. Most of them are. And you're to be as well. Now the media loves bashing the Bible and churches that believe it. Do you know what they never report? And this is why the world is going to crumble if all the churches close. They never report this. That Christians, by and large, are the friends in people's lives that bend over backwards for them with love and care. They never report that. The Christians cook for people more than any other group. They support people. They pay taxes. They honestly fill out their forms. They don't lie. They don't cheat. They don't steal. They turn up to work on time. At least you're supposed to. They don't join in the smut of the staff room talk. They don't abuse women. At least they're not supposed to. They're supposed to honor them and love them. Here's the ironic thing. It happened then, it happens now. They're always the first people to be thrown out. When a godless leader comes into power. And then down goes the country. Then and now. And what have we got instead? Man-made, ever-shifting, absolutely inconsistent, ridiculous chaos that no one knows what to follow and where we're going. Absolute enslavement of the West as we try and kick God out. Like Pharaoh, taking all the benefits of our safety and learning and culture and robbing him blind and getting rid of his people. I remember in the Telegraph a few years ago, uh, John Lennox, the Christian professor, wrote a book review of Stephen Hawkins's last book before Stephen died, where Stephen tried to argue that the world actually did not come from God. And John Lennox's review in the... Uh, telegraph said something to the effect of this book shows how far into science fiction people are willing to go to explain everything you see around us and not include God science fiction printed in the telegraph nothing's happened because of it and we're still trickling further in away from God and his church trying to guess our way through life with this sci fi reality of who are we and where are we going? And church is like, we know, we know, we know whose image we're in. And the world is like, shut up. We're like, we wouldn't do that if, if I were you. Don't say shut up to us. Read what happens to Pharaoh, Kia Starmer, a couple of weeks ago. And we're to pray for our leaders. And I do. But he visited a church. Who has done excellent work in their community and basically held their community together in the pandemic? Social media exploded. You can't go to church in 2021. He said, oops, sorry. And that was a very big moment when, for the first time publicly, one of our lead figures was ashamed to be even in a church building. Because why? That church believes the Bible. Every bit of the Bible. How we should live and behave and who we should date. And that exploded with social media. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, put them in, Pitham. Get over there then. Yep, sorry. Why? Pharaoh's moving in. That's why your local church is closing. Pharaoh hates the Bible. He hates Christ. He hates everything. And from top to bottom, politics to schools... Self is now being promoted instead of Christ. Isn't this horrific? Because it gets worse. When you help the Hebrew women in childbirth and observe them on the delivery stool, if it's a boy, kill him. If that child has any association with church, murder it. Murder him. Kill the children. Have you ever thought, why? The devil is trying to cut off our generations. He's always done it. Anything to stop church seeing a future come through. Because in Genesis 3.15, back then, here, the devil knows that the Christ who's going to obliterate his kingdom of darkness is going to come from this group. So whenever he can, and he does it a few times in the Bible, get rid of the boys. One of them might end me. And one of them did. But his plan today is still cut off people who trust in that one. Cut them off. Stop it. Attack the youth. And we've got it easy. I mean, what? We get called names while we stand in the water cooler in work. Or people stop bringing us. Or we miss out on a job opportunity. We may be in jail one day soon. Okay, that's alright, really. I'm not saying that's nothing, but... And for the last part of this thing, I want to turn our attention to people alive today who are experiencing much more like what our church forefathers went through. Absolute persecution and martyrdom. And if nothing else, from today's sermon, I want us to A, realize how blessed church is to commit to our own, and B, up our praise and support for the worldwide church of God. Um, we live right now probably in the worst time of persecution in the history of the Christian church, which includes this genocidal policy back then. If you know church history, you'll know that in the first century, the early church went underground in the catacombs because of the Roman persecution. We're on a scale now that trumps that. In the Middle East and East Asia, North Africa... North Korea, there is massive, wholesale persecution of our brothers and sisters because they believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Massive. And God says that's what happens when you turn your back on Him. What happens? What does a society do? Unmitigated hatred for God's people. Close those doors. Kill them if they don't listen. Help! I think my church is dying. For many people, it is. And they need our prayers and support. Uh, last Sunday, the Barnabas uh, Trust released an article. At least 30 Christians, and this is from 13th of April. Uh, oh wait, Mark, uh, yeah, April, 13th of April. Uh, at least 30 Christians were killed, 14 seriously injured, 10 young women and girls sexually Assaulted in a string of attacks on villages in the northeast of the Democratic Republic of Congo. Um, The militants forced the churches to demand they turn to their Christless religion. And when they did not, they were murdered on the spot. Our Father in Heaven knows the details. Our job is to pray for comfort for those people. We're dealing with a new regime getting rid of our brothers and sisters. Let me be even more frank. Just to depress us further. But it might shake us up a bit. Jesus promises pain to all of us. As Andy said. I have told you these things that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. John chapter 16:33. But take heart. I will overcome the world. And there's no promise that any individual church will stay open. Ours included. Who knows how much worse things will get in the West. Here's 1 Peter 5. And the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ. After you have suffered a little while. He will restore you and make you strong. Firm and steadfast. Here's 2 Timothy 3. Everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Here's James chapter 1. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, having stood the test. That person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. John MacArthur, as we sort of bring all these things to a head, he's a preacher in America. He said this. He said it very poignantly, "We do not win down here. We get persecuted. We suffer. And if you're not a Christian, listen, I just want to be honest with you. This isn't a Disney world uh, that we live in here. Jesus got killed. His apostles got killed. This battlefield, we lose. But here's the fact of Exodus 1 and the hope for us all this morning. God keeps His people. Even if the door's shut. Verse 19 and 20. The midwife answered, Hebrew women are not like Egyptian women. They are very rigorous and give birth before the midwives arrived. So God was kind to the midwives and the people increased and became even more numerous. And Jesus promises this. There's probably two to three million of them by then. Jesus promises this. Wherever he takes the UK church, he also says he is our refuge. Never will I leave you nor forsake you. Life is going to be hard in this fallen world, but be of good cheer. I have overcome it. There's good things coming. Trust me. And so for the people who cling on to Jesus, we are part of the worldwide, everlasting, ancient, time-spanning church that lasts forever because our husband is risen and no one can touch him. We stand on their shoulders. They had a really rough time. We're doing all right. Who knows what's coming, but we're trusting the same Savior. And maybe he's closing churches to make us more serious about how special church and our Savior is. So that our prayer life becomes more than, Lord, help me with my ironing pile, or I can't find a parking spot in Sainsbury's. And those prayers are all right too. Lord, I need you. And I've been stripped of everything. And I don't want comforts. I want to be bold and cling to you. Because that is life. Maybe he's taking us there. A good friend of mine, Joseph Ton, was persecuted in the Romanian communist era. He said this. I thank God for persecution. Now I fear no man. I completely trust in the Lord. Because I've been stripped of everything. But I got my saviour. And my last word is for any non-Christians listening who are teachers or politicians or influential family church members, don't shut Jesus-centered churches down. Why? Because to close church is to remove the place where Jesus lives with his people. And he's the only remedy for sin which will ruin the UK. You know that there is an infection far more deadly going around than COVID-19. And that is sin. And Jesus saves nations from sin. May he be lifted up. Come ye sinners, poor and needy, weak and wounded, sick and sore. Jesus ready stands to save you, full of pity, love and power. In the name of the Father, Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.